Welcome back to another episode of the Balls, Buckets, and Bowl podcast. Finally, after deleting mountains of storage, <laughs> Ose was able to join the podcast. How's it going, my friend? Doing great. I don't have PowerPoint anymore, but you know, how to report the podcast. Well, he's going to be famous, he's going to be rich, and he's going to be too busy for us pretty soon, Ose. That man is a Don Langbaum, freshly after a very nice Spotify video. How's it going, my man? What's up, man? I'm glad to be back. It's been too long. It has been too long, and I'm trying to get better at getting a little more frequent on these podcasts, but we will jump right in because we don't have too much time till the Spurs game kicks off. We're going to break down some NBA playoff series for the people today, starting with the Jazz and the Rockets. Um, I will go quickly through the numbers uh, just to kind of see how the teams have stacked up. Uh, The Jazz are only shooting 26.9% from three versus the Rockets 37, which is a pretty sizable gap. Um, Turnovers are pretty about pretty equal assists, pretty equal. The one thing, and obviously we had talked about this in a previous pod, the Rockets were, I believe second to last in rebounding amongst all NBA teams. The jazz are only re out rebounding them by seven so far through a combined four games, 225 to 218. So that is one statistical category. I think the jazz have not taken advantage of. And really, I think what this kind of series so much, somewhat comes down to, Donovan Mitchell shot 43% in the regular season. He's shooting 33% mm-hmm. in this series alone. And for a, going against a team that is absolutely not known for its defensive prowess, um, and his minutes are way up playing 39 versus 33, so I think he's going to exhaust it on the defensive end as well. So Utah was fifth in rebounding to make that even meet that uh, that previous matter even worse. So... I'll say I'll kick it to you. What do you think about the series so far? Um, honestly, it's pretty exciting that the uh, that the Jazz are able to force a game five, and basically, I, w- I would say the brunt of it came from the fact that um, Spidat Mitchell, the Spider, you know, he was able to finally get into his groove, and he scored, I think, like ninety percent of his points in the fourth quarter, which is crazy. And then Ricky Rubio chipped in a little bit, um, had a double double to assists. So they could just do that again if, if Ricky Rubio gets going early and Spidat Mitchell is able to score consistently in the first half. That'll definitely help them. And also, it definitely helped that um, Clint Capella was not doing his best because he was coming off like a virus or some kind of flu or bug. So, I mean, like, really, like, the storm is just in their favor. But if Spadat Mitchell and Ricky Rubio can once again pull it together early in the game and keep the game going while uh, Clint Capella's not at 100%, they have a chance. Force a game six. Don, what do you think? Um, I thought it was a. Up until the fourth quarter, I thought that the, the Rockets were going to pull away and come up with a sweep. But, um, you know, the, the Jazz showed some grit and they showed, um, you know, they showed they showed some heart. And, you know, yeah, like uh, uh, Spida, what, he went off, man. He had some crazy shots. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they the Rockets went cold, though. They went so cold. You know, they just choked their way through that fourth quarter but um yeah i know it, it was really exciting to see and like that utah jazz crowd is insane um i just i don't think that it's enough though to force a game six i think that it i think it'll end in houston but i think that you know at least game four like that fourth quarter gave like some you know it, it gave some jazz fans some um some relief that you know the team is it still has some fight in them Kicking it on over to the Thunder and the Blazers. Uh, to me, I would say this comes down to two stats. Oh, yeah. And I can pretty much sum up a lot of these series, at least to me, in about two. And again, this is another one that we had talked about in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. 
the OKC Thunder were dead, or sorry, first in total rebounding in offensive and defensive. They are actually trailing the Blazers in rebounds so far in this series by two, which is a massive concern considering that was basically their core strength. Their three-point percentage, they're trailing the Blazers by more than 12%, 42 to 30. Uh, so they're not getting enough rebounds. They're not shooting the ball well enough from deep. Uh, everything else is pretty much the same. Westbrook's stat line, I would say, are pretty middling uh, for his standards. Is averaging about five turnovers a game uh, for whatever that's worth. But for me, again, I think this is more about the future. I don't really see either one of these teams coming, uh, making any noise really in the playoffs outside of this first round. For me, this is more long-term. Does this, again, solidify that Paul George may have made a wrong decision yeah. if they do, in fact, get bounced? Yeah, honestly, man. It's, I think so, yeah. It's going to be crazy because like, you just see how, how Westbrook and, um, and, and, Dan, and Dollar Dame, they just keep battling back and forth. And it's, it's so exciting to me to see this happen because, you know, Westbrook obviously is such a dominant force in the NBA and he has such a prominent presence. But then all of a sudden you get Dame to the bigger stage and you can see that they're really identical. I mean, they are two great point guards. Obviously, Dame's got the range. Westbrook's got the penetration. But the fact that they're able to put up so much scoring and have so much ability to create uh, to create in the offense is just crazy to me. And, of course, it's going to come. I think it's going to come down to whether CJ McCollum is able to uh, step up and pouring more into the offense or Paul George picks up more slack. So, Yeah, I think that this is a year that uh, like both teams have a lot to – like the playoffs mean a, a ton for both of these teams mm-hmm. in terms of like breaking up like either the players or the, like players on the Portland side or the coaching staff on Oklahoma side. And I think that Portland is going to go on. I really think they will. And I think that they're going to have to make the conference finals for them not to – have like a major turn in like players changing um like whether that be cj mccollum being traded or bringing in another star um so i think even if they go to the next round i still think there might be some there, there will be a chance that tj does get moved but i think that i think that billy donovan is gone as a coach and because given the fact that westbrook yeah he's super selfish and westbrook is the problem i do think but the problem is the coach not coaching Westbrook, you know. So I feel that if you get a, they're gonna have to fire Billy Donovan and get a better coach to tame Westbrook. Because yeah. Westbrook is, he is, you know, he is kind of the reason why. Well, he is the reason why they haven't advanced past the first round since KD left. Like he's he's a great regular season player, but it doesn't it doesn't translate in the playoffs because he can't adapt. He's only one speed. Like it's always mm-hmm. 110 miles an hour all the time, and like they don't even run plays like. Last game, like they were trying to come back with the Portland Trailblazers, and they were just like trying to play hero ball. They were just trying to like take random threes or like drive into the paint, draw fouls. Like there was no like actually like set plays being made. Yeah, agreed. And that's the biggest problem. And like you, you can't do that in the in the playoffs because a lot of it comes down to the coaching. And like coaching moves are very important. It's a chess match because you play these teams like you can play seven times in a series, you know. So like it's all about coaching and like and figuring out how the other team plays and, and adapting so you can play better than they can. Um, and I think that the coaching is bad, and I do think that that is an effect on Westbrook, and I do think that Westbrook is also bad. So I think there is a major change that needs to happen. 
Looking back at my numbers from the last episode, I would say I show the Thunder as, at the time, 21st in unassisted field goals made. So to Adon's point, mm-hmm. they do not pass the ball as well as some other teams do. Um, I certainly do agree that Billy Donovan should likely just go, just purely to at least change things up. This clearly isn't working. This team isn't going anywhere. Um, it's enough to make the playoffs, but I mean, it's kind of hard for them not to with the star power that they do have. Um, I just don't think that Westbrook's style of play is going to win many postseason games. It can win a ton of regular season games with the amount of intensity he brings night in and night out. So many times there's often guys coming off of back-to-backs that are tired and just don't want to play. Um, but as, I, in terms of the postseason, it's going to be tough. I feel like Westbrook is kind of like LeBron in the sense that like, in order for him to win, especially like in the playoffs, they need to, he needs to be surrounded with just pure oh, shooters absolutely. like yeah. LeBron. Like, yeah, he just needs of- to like penetrate and and you know, and pass to an open three, and that's how yeah. they're going to win. And they have no shooters on the team right now. Yeah, like their team right now has zero offensive support. So that'll be an interesting uh, series to kind of see how it plays out. Um, and I will admit, I'm kind of have a little egg in my face because I thought the Blazers were a lame duck team after they lost Nurkic. I mean, and that's kind of an even more surprising part is that the Blazers are winning this with uh, handedly without him. Yeah, so uh, very concerning. Moving on to the Spurs Nuggets. Adon, I will kick it to you first. Um, but before I do, how many field, how many three-point field goals would you say the Spurs have won in both of their wins? What's the highest number? Sorry, what was that? So in both of the Spurs wins, what would you say the average amount of three-point field goals we made? Oh, average amount we made in – in our wins, yep. Uh, per game, yep. Uh, ten. Seven. How many would you say we have made when we lost? Four. Five. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so yeah, we and Ose, yeah, me and Ose had talked about this um, in the previous episode that this team was first in field goal percentage, but dead last in three point attempts. So. What that leads me to believe, and in a league like this where the scoring is up, um, the shot clock obviously has made a tremendous factor in causing that. You need to be able to shoot in three well, and you need to shoot it a good amount of times yep. in order to you know, come back when you're down in these big deficits. And what I've seen so far in these wins is that the Spurs have fought hard to get to the basket. They don't quit, and the Nuggets eventually just let them go, and they get easy baskets. Um, I've seen you know, our mid-range jumpers hit from – DeRozan from Aldridge, but what I have seen in these losses, and honestly in the wins too, as I just pointed out, the three is not there. I mean, and it's not it's not going to come anytime soon, and and it's just not part of the Spurs' uh, weaponry this season, which is very concerning. Um, considering, I think you know, to my point, we do have really good three point shooters. So uh, I just think that when you when you play basketball that way, it leaves you not. Uh, not a lot of room for error. Uh, you can't just rely on the three points to maybe save right. you, uh, or you can't even hope for it to save you, rather. Um, but other than that, I mean, pretty much the teams have been about deadlocked, both shooting 47%, uh, three-point uh, field goal percentage right around two, three points separating them. Uh, rebounds pretty dead even, assists uh, relatively close. So uh, not too much really separating them. And it honestly just kind of seems can the Spurs make enough of those mid-range jumpers and continue to play the basketball they want? 
Or do they give up like they did in game four and just start letting Rudy Gay and Marco Bellinelli shooting fadeaway mid-range shots, left 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 to right three pointers that clang off the back of the backboard? So, yeah, long-winded message, but uh, we'll kick it to a don. Yeah, I think that the difference between the Spurs and the Nuggets is that we can't afford to lose a lead. Like we have to be either within like five points or tied or have a big lead because we cannot dig ourselves out of a hole this year because we don't have the three-point weapons to do that you know we're just going to be like trying to get twos and twos while while denver is shooting threes like we're never going to catch up so that's our biggest weakness right now is like we can't let the game slip away because we'll let the game slip away past 10 points like we did like Mm -hmm. last game if we let it slip past 10 points it's over because we can't chip away because we don't have the three to do it so we need to be always ahead or you know within striking distance to have a chance. Um, and I do think we do. Like, I think that we were just, we just had a really bad game. And I think we're going to be really focused when we play in like 10 minutes. I think that we're going to be focused. And I think that we will have, we will be really close or have a lead throughout most of it. We just cannot like have a lapse in our concentration towards the fourth quarter. Um, and I think that, you know, I think game five is anybody's game. Um, you know, it is looking towards like the Denver will like pull away I just because it is game five on their home court. But I think that if it goes to seven games, I think that we have a really good chance of winning game seven in Denver, just because I feel like home court kind of doesn't really matter as much in game seven, especially for Denver, just because they're so inexperienced and they'd be so nervous that like it, it, it wouldn't, it doesn't really matter. Like they're going to be shooting probably the same amount because they're going to be so nervous, um, the same like percentage-wise. And I feel like, you know, we have the experience to take a Game 7. Um, yeah, you know, we've got we the, have, better coaching. We have Patty Mills. We have Bellinelli. Like, they were 2014 champs. Like, they play Game 7 in the first round, you know, and, like, we have Aldridge. Like, we have way more playoff experience than they do. So I feel that, you know, I feel like it's not over if we lose tonight because yeah. – to your point, the Spurs have had the Nuggets down double digits in every single game that we've played them. Um, so they've definitely shown the ability to take advantage. But just one more uh, time to point this home, the Spurs have only made 24 three-point field goals the entire series. The Nuggets have made 46, so nearly wow. double the Spurs. Um, any thoughts on this series, Osei, before we uh, kind of talk about some round two yeah, stuff? Um, you know, team sport, players game. So mostly I think like when it comes down to, when it comes down to, you know, neck and neck games like this, it'll come down to the players specifically performing better than their opposing, than their, uh, than the opposing uh, team. And, you know, DeRozan and Derek White, they, they really stepped up. I'm not going to lie. I was very impressed watching Derek White play because honestly, he's, he's not a household name just yet, but obviously in the San Antonio, the local sphere, um, you, you guys have seen what he's able to do. He had a 36 point um, come up on game three. And particularly his defense on Jamal Murray, because Jamal Murray is so good right now. Um, if he could just keep Jamal Murray to shooting low percentage shots and, you know, uh, keep his, uh, keep his passing, keep him more passing than attacking, you guys have a good chance. So I would like to see game seven. I think it's going to go all the way. All right. Looking forward at round two matchups. Um, most likely that it seems to me would be Warriors, Rockets, Blazers, and Spurs are the Nuggets. That's kind of the one that's mostly toss up. Um, Bucks, Celtics, and Raptors, 76ers. Um, Adon, I'll kick it to you first. Which one of those series do you want to talk about the most? 
Oh, the Warriors Rockets. Yeah, yeah. That is the series yeah. of the year by far. And I I think this year is a year that the Rockets do it. I think that they even though they had a rough season, I feel like they are clicking at the right time. I feel that Harden is on another level this year. They have a lot to prove. Like they are hungry. Like the Spurs were hungry against the Heat. I think they're hungry for the Warriors. Like this is the mm-hmm. only team that they ever like this is a team that exactly. they are built to beat. You know, like this is a team that they study every day at. And like this is the team they want to face. And I feel that like the Warriors, after losing but Boogie Cousins, um, you know, their bench is not as strong. I feel like if this is the, if it's one year that this is you know that they're gonna overtake the champs, I feel like this is the year that they do it because Chris Paul's healthy. And it's better that they're playing in the second round because you want Chris Paul as fresh as possible. You don't want him exactly. to play another series, you know, and play him in the conference finals when he's, you know, under two series deep. You want him to play now when he's fresh. Um, Harden's playing amazing, and I feel like this is the year they can do it. Like I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Rockets. I am kind of hoping that they can keep up the three point shooting. Um, it's just concerning because when the Warriors really click, I mean, it's not just that they're hitting from three. It's that they're hitting their back screens effectively. It's they're switching the f- effectively, um, you know, and they just, they just have so much weight that if even three of them, cl- even two or three of them click, it's that it, you just can't do anything. There's just nothing you can do. So I, I was going to agree with you, Don, that obviously is the series I'm most looking forward to watching. Uh, purely from an entertainment's perspective, uh, and then yeah, most can, entertaining. Yeah. Um, Osei, any any of these other series you're kind of interested in? Blazers, Spurs, or Nuggets, Bucks, Celtics, Raptors. Um, Sixers, yeah, I'm like looking that? forward to the Bucks, Celtics, dude, because Giannis Antetokounmpo is you know really turning into a star. He's turned the whole entire franchise around. Like I was tweeting earlier, I mean the Bucks haven't had a haven't had a series win since 2001. That's, that's insane. I was in like second grade. You know what I mean? And it's going to be exciting to see him up on the big stage, especially because, you know, they have they have a good chance. They have a great chance to beat the Celtics, obviously, because, you know, Gordon Hayward is probably the X factor. And as it's looking, he's not going to be the one to um, be able to help uh, Celtics put up enough points to keep up with the, keep up with the Bucks offense. So to see the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals would be a definite treat. The one series I think most people should – Overlook and rightfully so is the Blazers uh, versus the Nuggets and the Spurs. I don't think either of those three teams are going past the Western Conference Finals. So I will talk a little bit about the Raptors. Whoa, Sixers. Whoa, <laughs> whoa. I love the homerism. I really do, but I'm just being honest. Um, Spurs have a small chance of going to the chance, finals. Yeah, we have a small chance. You heard it here first, folks. I'm saying, hey, if the Rockets beat the Warriors, Harden is going to choke in the Conference Finals. And Popovich owns D'Antoni's nuts, <laughs> so it's gonna happen. Well, Manu right, retire at that point. It there's you know it can it can always happen. It's never it's never it's never, it's the, never like the jersey down from the, the Raptors. <laughs> Release the. <crowd. laughs> yeah. um, exactly. Really quick, I think this this Raptors seventy sixers series has a little bit of bigger ramifications uh, after the season. Um, obviously, I, if we were to talk about it briefly, the Warriors and losing Durant would be a pretty big deal, but um, it's hard to even contemplate that team losing, to be honest, for me. So 
This Raptors 76er series, if the Raptors lose, it gives Kawhi Leonard a pretty good reason to maybe not stay there. I mean, as good of a season as they had for them to not even make it out of the second right. round um, would be pretty concerning. And, and, you know, obviously they're still all pretty much all the whispers are still saying he doesn't really want to stay there um, and that he wants to go to L.A. still. Especially because, I mean, the Clippers made the exactly. freaking playoffs. Like, if they get KD and Kawhi, it's not like they're crazy. that deadbeat. Yeah. So then, and then looking at the Sixers, I mean, if they were to lose with as powerful of a team as they have, I mean, Embiid, I mean, Butler, I mean, Simmons, I mean, Tobias Harris, like, you could honestly argue it's the most stacked team in the league besides the Warriors. And if they were to lose this early in the season, it kind of, I mean, if there wasn't enough question marks already, it'd, be, it'd bring them out pretty quick, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think that that, that series in the second round is definitely like has the most ramifications because whatever team loses is going to be salty forever. And they're also could have, you know, they could blow up, you know, yeah, like Hawaii I mean, could leave or I need to look at could the, do something. Yeah. I need to look at the financials a little bit more to see what the, uh, financially where the 76ers position is kind of at and what they can afford and how many people they have under contract. But I would imagine if they were to lose and if they did have somebody that they could let go of that, they would probably start to look at it because uh, if it if it isn't working with this group, I don't know when it will. And maybe give it another year. I don't know. I mean, obviously Tobias got traded over there, so hard to say. I think that they they will have like they will talk about Embiid's health mm-hmm. if they do lose, which I guess is kind of like an excuse. But yeah, I I, I think that the Raptors will win like pretty easily, like six games. Not like easily, easily, but, you know, I think they'll win. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, it's uh, pretty, it's game time. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Pretty quick episode, but uh, I think we hit on some lot of much, man. Oh, I just wanted to talk about real quick that the Spurs have – yeah, I'm going to reiterate the Spurs have a very small chance <laughs> of going to the NBA Finals because <laughs> if we beat the Denver Nuggets, then we have a really good chance of beating the Blazers and because nobody's going to argue that we don't have a good chance. And this is, this is only if the Rockets beat the Warriors, by the way. But if the Rockets beat the Warriors, they're going to be so emotionally and physically drained from that series oh, that God. it's just a recipe for hard and choke fest. You're going to get it with that sloppy seconds. Yes, it's just a recipe for a hard and choke fest. And then the Spurs will be ready for the conference finals. Who knows? Hard and choke. That'd Spurs win. We go to the finals. And then we play the Bucks. And then guess who? No, uh, no, no, guess no. you beats the Bucks. No, we guess play, who owns the Bucks? We play Popovich. the we play the Raptors, and then we exact revenge oh. on the. Oh, see, that's that's just as good. The Raptors would be crazy, <laughs> and I think we could beat. I think we could beat a team in the East. Oh. So that's that. I'm just saying, it's not crazy. Again, you just gotta get out of this round. Yeah, heard it here <laughs> first, folks. Yeah, all bets in, man. Could you imagine the winning Spurs and foam? <laughs> Yeah, I need a bet. Right Honestly, now. your first objective is to make oh, a meme, a, a do rag meme. Harden, Durant, KD, <laughs> yeah. no matter. Spurs and fall. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Well, um, if that's it, we're gonna go ahead and call it a wrap, so we can get to watching the game. Um, you can follow Ose. What's it's your uh, at Ose so you Follow your now. It seems to always change <laughs> no on problem. me, so I always forget. Um, 
Uh, Don, any you are getting famous, sir. I'm just calling that a word. By the day, um, anything you want to plug here for our ten listeners? Um, just uh, if you want to find me on Instagram, it's just at Adon Lingwam. That's it. All right. Well, you can follow us on iTunes at the BBB Podcast on Twitter at the BBB Pod. Need to get the Twitter going a little bit more. Um, please give us a five star review. I've been begging for them for weeks now. I want to get to 100. I want it bad. It's not a hard ask, but we will get there. So enjoy the playoffs, folks. We'll try to maybe get in another episode for the finals or something like that. So until then, I'm Joey. That's Adon. That's Sose. See you later, folks.